0: Good morning, KVC. Welcome to our online gathering. We're glad you chose to be a part today with us. If this is the first time you've dropped in, welcome. We also have a virtual card you can fill out. And we learn a little bit about you, and you learn a little bit about KVC. So today, we're getting back on the gifts of the Spirit. And last week, I just talked out of Psalms 46, just felt the Lord... Uh, Speaking to all of us during this time, especially this pandemic, to lay things down and surrender to the Lord and to know that he's God. And from what I've heard from several of you this week, it's been a blessing. It was an encouragement. And that's what we want to do here is encourage you and strengthen you in the midst of this pandemic. So today, we're going to pick up again on the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to conclude talking about tongues and interpretation. Wow, what a way to close out on one of the most controversial issues in Christianity. But uh, before we even begin, let's have a word of prayer as we seek the heart of the Father. Father, we just thank you so much for this time. We thank you for the opportunity we have online, together, together, to open your word, to search your heart, and to follow you. So I ask Holy Spirit today that you would lead, guide, and direct us uh, as we open your word today. We know, Father, there are many different uh, views and opinions and thoughts on this passage, but we are open to you today. So lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, before I get in the message, I gotta say a special thank you to my son, Jordan, for leading worship today. Uh, He sent me the video and I listened to it. I was crying. Then I sent it to Pam. She was crying. Obviously, we're biased, but I think he's one of the best worship leaders in the world, even Mars, Jupiter. Anyway, thank you, Jordan, for sharing with us and Jared. Um, Jared, uh, we all had a good uh, chuckle at you chewing your gum. and. Um, playing the djembe but thanks guys all the way from Tennessee appreciate it so much so we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 13 and 14 and also Acts um, because both Paul and Luke write about tongues in their writings now as a way of a quick review it's there are nine gifts and they're broken down 3 3 3 the first one is the revelatory gifts, the discernment, the eyes of God. That's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. The second one is the power gifts, um, the hand of God, uh, faith, miraculous powers, and also gifts of healing. And then two weeks ago, we began the utterance gift or the voice of God, the speech of God, the mouth of God, with prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. We talked two weeks ago about prophecy. We're going to also talk more about prophecy and apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher found in Ephesians chapter 4. Because there's great abuse, there's a lot of misunderstanding within the church, about their functions and the purpose of that. But today we want to conclude with tongues and interpretation. Tongues, what are tongues? Tongues is a a spirit-inspired speaking in which the conscious mind doesn't play a part, but our spirit is speaking a language, whether known or unknown or angelic. Also, interpretations of tongues is a God-given inspiration to speak in the language of the listeners, the people hearing, giving them a dynamic equivalent. It is not a word-for-word interpretation of which was spoken in tongues. Now, like I said earlier, Paul and Luke write about tongues. Luke was a physician, also traveled with Paul, and he was known as a theologian. Matter of fact, many writings called him the theologian of the Holy Spirit, and he writes about the uh, tongues and the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And he gives a history, not for the sake of just history, but he gives a history with purpose. It is the purpose of the church. It's the beginning the birthing of the New Testament church. It is when Christ died and resurrected, the old covenant was fulfilled, and there was a new covenant, a New Testament that was established. Paul was also a theologian, very trained and schooled uh, amongst the Jewish uh, scholars, but he writes about a historical situation that is found in the church in Corinth. And he's writing about several different issues. Number one, their, um, their abuse of sexual immorality, which even the pagans didn't do what they were doing. The abuse of the Lord's Supper. And then the third area was the gifts of the Spirit. We find out that Paul talks about that God had graced them and give them had given them these gifts of the spirit, but they were abusing them. You know, again, Miles Monroe says, if you don't know a purpose of a thing, you'll abuse the thing. And they were abusing the gifts. And so both of them were writing about um, tongues. And here are some similarities between the two of them. First of all, tongues originate by the spirit. It is not something man-made. It's not something we make up. It's not something where you can say, see me tie my bow tie 10 times fast and you'll be speaking in tongues. It's not made up words. It is originated by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're taking notes, I'm gonna give you scriptures. We're not gonna take the time today to look at the scriptures but I want to give you the reference so you can do your own study. So in Acts 2.4, 1 Corinthians 12.8, chapter 14, verse 2, tongues originate by the Spirit of God. The same term is used by both in the Greek. They use the same word for tongues, for speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 10, verse 46, Acts chapter 19, 1 through 6, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. The other thing, the activity of speaking in tongues before unbelievers may cause confusion and accusations. Now this morning, what I'm going to be talking about mainly is in the corporate gathering. Now there are the use of tongues in our own personal devotional life as it edifies ourselves, But in chapter 14, Paul is talking about when the body gathers and the use of tongues in our gathering together. Um, But if we come to a gathering service and someone begins to speak in tongues or a bunch of people speak in tongues and there's no interpretation, first of all, it's out of order. Secondly, if unbelievers are there, they'll say we're mad. You know, the world already thinks we're crazy. They think we're fools, but that even to them confirms the fact. That's why if a tongue is given in a body, a corporate gathering, there has to be an interpretation or it's out of order. And we'll talk more about that later on. Speaking in tongues is God-directed, Acts 2.11. Chapter 10, verse 46, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, and also verses 14 through 17. When we speak in a tongue, we are directing to God. And there's a difference between tongues and prophecy. Tongues, we we are not speaking through our mind, we're speaking through our spirit, and that is for the edification of us and also speaking to God. Prophecy is for the body. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly desire gifts, especially prophecy. Why? Because it builds up the body. Tongues are for a personal edification, and in a corporate setting, tongues with interpretation is equal to prophecy. Prophecy and tongues are different, just like I was saying, Acts 19:6. 1 Corinthians 12. They are not the same. Um, There is both unity and diversity in these gifts. Not just tongues and interpretation, but all the gifts. Now, I know the enemy has used tongues and the gifts to bring disunity and to bring disharmony to the body. Here's the thing. You cannot have fake without having the real thing. And so the enemy always counterfeits what is real. If you've ever heard demonic tongues, uh, you know what it sounds like. I've heard demonic tongues. Well, where do you get demonic tongues? Well, the fact that there are real tongues, valid tongues, that God has given us today to use. Um, Paul and Luke see the Spirit as the source of power To equip and train us for all kinds of ministry. Acts 1:8, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and Ephesians 4 through 11. It is the Spirit of God. Acts 1:8 says, "And you shall receive power." What's the purpose of the power? The purpose of the power is so that we will be as witnesses wherever we go, whatever we're doing, and wherever we're at. Now, I want to just quickly give you Luke's point that's only found in Luke's writing. Now, Luke obviously wrote the book of Luke, and he also wrote the book of Acts. But here's some things. The first recorded uh, message of speaking in tongues occurs in Acts chapter 2. They're in the upper room. They Jesus says, go back and wait for the promise. They're waiting. And the Holy Spirit falls, Joel chapter 2. And I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Also, Paul uses symbolic language to describe the speaking of tongues. It was a sound like a rushing wind. It was tongues like fire. Now, Paul writes some things that Luke didn't write about. And he says, first of all, these gifts are temporary gifts. When Jesus returns, they'll cease, 1 Corinthians 13.8. But let me tell you something. Because many of you in our church come from a cessationist background, the teaching says that they are temporary uh, gifts. So whether you're charismatic or whether you're non-charismatic, we all agree that they're temporary uh, gifts. But where we disagree is when those gifts cease. So if you come from a cessationist background like I did, you believe that when the last apostle passed away, the establishing of the canon of scripture, that that became the perfect, and thus the gifts cease. But if you're on the other end, you believe that the perfect that it talks about there is Jesus. So when Jesus comes back, then there'll be no need for these gifts. Which I personally hold to that conviction that Jesus, the perfect gift, comes back, then these gifts will cease. Meantime, we prophesy in part, we see in part, and these gifts are used so that the body of Christ might be built up, so that we might use this, uh, use these gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit. To advance the kingdom of God where we're at today. Um, Secondly, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 that tongues without love is useless. Now, let me say this, and I I hope you hear me and you know I love you as your pastor. There are many of my friends that they speak in tongues and um, they walk in this gift but yet they don't walk in love and they condemn those that don't speak in tongues there's this air of arrogance that they're more spiritual i want you to hear me as your pastor first of all gifts are the gifts of the spirit are a gift it's not because you earned them it's not because you're more intelligent it's because god gives them to all of us we can walk in any of these gifts at any time as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. But if we don't have love and we're speaking in tongues and, and boasting about it, it's just a noisy sound. It's just a clanging cymbal. So Paul says tongues without love is useless. So what's the purpose of tongues? In 1 Corinthians, what is Paul saying to the Corinthians what are the purposes of it? They're, number one, they're a means of a spiritual, supernaturally inspired communication to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and verse 5. It is when I speak in tongues, I am speaking to God, not with my mind, but my spirit. My mind doesn't know what I'm speaking because I'm speaking by the Spirit of God and God gives me an unknown, unlearned language that I'm speaking to Him in praise and worship in my own personal time with Him. Number two, um, they edify the speaker even if no one else is edified. In a corporate setting, if someone speaks in tongues and there's no interpretation, they need to keep their mouth shut. Now, I know here in Kenya, in our Pentecostal churches, there's a eruption of tongues all the time. But just because that happened doesn't mean that it's correct. Matter of fact, believers, unbelievers walk in, and many walk out because they think we're crazy. But when we speak in a tongue with interpretation, the conviction of the Holy Spirit can reach that unbeliever. But we have to understand, when we are speaking in a tongue, it is edifying ourselves. Someone once told me that it is a sin to edify ourselves. And I was like, what? They said, yeah, it's wrong to edify yourself. We're to humble ourselves. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly desire gifts, especially prophecy. When he said gifts, he was talking about all of them. And the gift of tongue edifies, builds up, and strengthens us. The next thing is tongues, they do bring edification to the body when it's done properly. In other words, tongues plus interpretation is equivalent to prophecy but tongues that are just by itself in a corporate gathering is out of order. That's why it's imperative as shepherds, pastors in the body, that the Bible says if a prophetic word is given, we judge that word because we have care over the sheep. And someone can come in a wolf in sheep's clothes, give a prophetic word that is not from God. And so as shepherds, we judge that word and confirm whether that word is true or not. Same way with tongues. If someone gets up in in our service and gives a tongue and there's no interpretation, as shepherds, we need to lovingly give correction and say this is out of order. There should have been an interpretation. Now, I know, I know, I know. When someone gives the tongues, it gets all emotional and gets, you know, ecstatic, and everybody's yelling and screaming. But we have to be come in line with what Scripture says, not what we feel or think. Our feelings have nothing to do with what God's Word says. But we need to rightly hold the Word of God in our lives and in our corporate gatherings. Tongues can be used in private. Personally, I've pray, I pray in tongues. I've prayed in tongues for many, many, many years. And very few times have I done it in a public gathering. Uh, but in my time with the Lord, in my time uh, of intimacy with him, I pray in a tongue because it edifies, builds me up, and also I sing in tongues. Now, I know in our body there are many people that don't. Paul says, do all pray in tongues? It's a rhetorical question. The answer to that is no. But here's what I want to say to you today at KVC. You can. You can pray in tongues. I've heard people give me excuses and why they can't or can't. But when you were born again and I was born again, the Bible says we were complete. We got all of the Holy Spirit. We didn't get the junior Holy Spirit. We didn't get a quarter of the Holy Spirit. We got all of it. I believe at that time we got all the gifts and that they're there. You know, many times people come and say, well, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. I already received the Holy Spirit. When I received him, I got all of it. It's just a matter of me releasing it and allowing God to use it in my life and surrendering. Not what I think, not what I feel, but allowing God to use it. And any of those gifts at any time, God can manifest that in your life. And so we have to just be willing and open and surrender to what God is saying and doing in our lives. So there's the private aspect of tongues, and that's why you don't need an interpretation because it's you and God. Now there's many times when I'm praying in tongues, I don't know what I'm praying, and I've asked God to give me an interpretation. And not every time does He, but there have been many times He's given me the equivalent of what I was praying. But in a corporate gathering, we speak in tongues, but there has to be an interpretation. If there's not, the person speaking needs to be quiet, And people, this is the other thing that I always find. I was overcome by the Spirit, and I couldn't help myself. Listen, listen, we can uh, control whether we are speaking in tongues or not. You can't say, you know, God just made me do it. Because we have the choice, and if it's done out of order, then we need to be quiet now the interpretation of tongues there's there this two sides of the coin first there's the interpretation or the tongue and the other side is the interpretation again i'm not talking about in your private time i'm not talking about in your family so in the corporate gathering um, there's two sides of the coin on one side is the tongue the other one is the interpretation paul is saying they're both equally important so that the body may be built up especially in the uh, public worship service first corinthians 14 5 chapter 13 verse 27 and following all these gifts including these two are treated by paul as a way of service to the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 says that Jesus himself gave gifts to the body. They're functioning. their are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. What's their purpose? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is your life. Some of you are businessmen and woman, women. They are to equip you to do God's work. I just met with another, a guy this week, and there are many have this mindset, the ultimate calling is to be a pastor. That's not the ultimate calling. a matter of fact, a businessman or woman is equal to a pastor. It's not pastor here, business people down here. It's what God has called you to, to be a minister where you're at. And some of you function in the marketplace apostolically. Some of you function prophetically. Some of you function evangelistically. Some of you function as a teacher, a pastor. And so God gives us these gifts so that we might grow up and mature and the body be built up so we're no longer tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. Listen, the time we live in right now, the church has itching ears. They want to be entertained. They, want, they don't want to be bored. And so they expect us when we come together to be entertained, to be exciting, to be motivational. Whereas the purpose of us gathering is so we will be built up that we go out the rest of the week and we are the kingdom of God. We advance the kingdom of God. So all of these gifts are for the manifestation of the common good. So as your pastor, I'm telling you, I believe all these gifts are available for today. Um, I've personally operated in many of these gifts and I still operate in them. And some come more in a season than in others, but they're available and today, If you are uh, on that side that believe they're passed away, it's okay. I'm just saying these are gifts that God gives us, and they're available to us. And not everybody speaks in tongues. Not everybody prophesies. But what I am saying is it is available to you and I if we just surrender and yield ourselves to the Lord. So I hope this has been beneficial to you. If you have questions, please feel free to email me. Um, You know, any questions that you might have from your past, from churches you've been in. At the end of the day, for me, I'm not going to be argumentative. If you say they've passed, okay. For me, I'm going to operate in what God has given us. But the main thing is Jesus so many times in the body of christ we focus on the gifts and the manifestation instead of the gift giver and so i'm going to focus on jesus how about you just focus on jesus and let god use you and surrender and say here i am lord like isaiah said use me and whether you operate in the gifts or not god will use you And as a believer, the Holy Spirit will fill you, because that's what Ephesians 5 says, that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And so as we're filled, we speak the word of God with boldness. We speak with wisdom and understanding, not of this world, but of things of the kingdom. So I pray this has been a benefit for you. Uh, We're going to be looking at Ephesians 4. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about being filled with the Spirit. What does that look like? What does that mean to be filled with the Spirit? So we'll talk more about it next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you with all our heart. We thank you, Father, um, for your word. And God, I know there are many different opinions and thoughts on it, but you've called us to walk in unity and harmony. We're not focusing on a gift. We focus on you, Jesus. But we ask, Father, at KVC, that we would be filled with your Spirit, that the power of your Holy Spirit would fill us, guide us, direct us, and we would be your witness, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week that your kingdom would come, your will would be done on earth in Nairobi as it is in heaven. We thank you, Father. We bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I love you guys. And uh, we'll remember word in season, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday through Thursday is scripture and song. If you haven't, listen to scripture and song, you need to listen because it's a way of just refreshing our soul, refreshing our spirit. TC comes with a word, and then one of our musicians come and just sing. So let God's word and the music wash over you, and also the children's ministry, the youth Zoom call. There's many things that are going on. Listen, you can't say to me, that you didn't have an opportunity to grow in the pandemic because you have had an opportunity. We're even producing more content to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. So let's grow together, as 1 Peter says, let's grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.